Do you want a book that will inspire and challenge you? Evangelizing Catholic Culture, New Vision for the New Creation is that book. It's a call for spiritual renewal within the Catholic Church. There's an entire generation of people searching for authentic purpose in their lives who desire to serve the proclamation of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and live a rich life of personal holiness. This is an exciting challenge to those who desire to live a deep and rich Christian way of life. Written by Father David Tickerhoof, you are sure to be inspired. Sold on Amazon, in print, and Kindle. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Our Lady Queen of Peace House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. Today's topic is the renewal of the mind. You can find the show notes at evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. And here's your host, Father David. Good day to everybody. It's good to be with you again. I want to talk to you about uh, the renewal of the mind that we find in Romans 12 and Paul said, be transformed in the renewal of your mind. Why are we looking at this topic of renewal of the mind? Because in the healing ministry since 1965 in the church, most of it is usually focused on the hurts and wounds of the heart. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But what was neglected unintentionally is that the key transformation in a, in a, in a, per, a Christian person in grace, it has to happen through the mind. Why is that? And that's because the mind is the center of the, of, of the rational center of the whole person. Everything comes through our thinking, our thoughts and our mind. And, and if, if our mind is clogged up and if our mind in, in grace is blunted, then we make so many mistakes and we give in to the weaknesses of our sinfulness. And and some and if we try to do that by just living uh, externally, the, the, the things that we know what it means to be Catholic, it never gets us to the end of the journey. It gets us part way many, but we, have, we want to take the full journey into the heart of Christ. So I'm going to start here this morning or, or this uh, whatever uh, the time here we're in. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a personal witness. When I was in my last two years in the seminary, that would have been about 66, 67. I was ordained in 67. Uh, I knew something was missing. I knew there was something missing. I noticed that my selfishness was getting more, taking more control of me. I wasn't as as focused on, on what I was in my union with God as much as possible. And, and, you know, getting older, you just see your sinfulness and you do the things that older people tend to do in their 20s and 30s. And so uh, I knew something was missing. And so I was very unsettled, even when I was ordained. 
So in my first year, of, I taught a year of college in Philadelphia, and then I was changed to the College of Steubenville, which is now Franciscan University. That was in the year 1968. And, and this was after one year of the priesthood. I was teaching theology. I saw that the students were losing their faith. They were just not, you know, not, not, not everybody, but generally. And so what happens is I got... Um, in a sense, with you know, it, when you're with the kids and you're a faculty member, they get sick a lot, you know, in, in different ways, and and so you get sick too. So I, looking back, I realized that I was very personally unsettled, and at this point, there was something missing that was still there, and, uh, and what it was was very interiorly painful. So in one of those episodes of poor, poor health. I went out to the hospital and got a double shot of penicillin. On the way home, I realized I was going into shock. And I knew that that kind of a shock of penicillin, you just ain't going to make it. And so I, I asked somebody to t run me back to the hospital. And just as I got in the doors, I collapsed. Well, that weakened me very much, in, in addition to a kind of a discouragement from where things were. In my weakened condition, I returned back to the dorm. I sat down in my chair, and I was in a kind of a depressed state. And I wondered if I had really made the right decision in my life. I wondered whether maybe I should have chosen marriage. But then I left it go. And then several nights later, in the middle of the night, I woke to the experience of a beautiful, strong presence of the Lord and his peace in a profound way. And I thought that what is going on here? And what went through my mind was the Lord communicated to me, you are trying to run your own life. Why don't you let me run your life? And I saw the radical roots of the sin in my life. So I repented really easily and fell back asleep. Two weeks later, after listening to a talk on the church's grace of renewal, I had some pro folks pray with me for that gift of tra tra transforming grace. And I experienced a, a major pile powerful conversion and change in my life. Immediately, uh, the, the spiritual gifts that are all through scripture, especially the ones in, in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I was attracted to the healing ministry. So I, start, I studied it. And I studied all the key major healing methods available. But as I was studying it and doing it, uh, it would, I would concentrate on repentance and on emotional healing of the heart. And all of those focused mostly on the heart, with one exception. One of them talked about the healing we receive is the healing of the mind. But I hadn't picked up on that yet. And so I had a, a fair amount of excess with the healing ministry. Then I went on and did a lot of different things after I left the Franciscan. And in, in the last couple of years, I've come back to Franciscan to serve here. The last years, pretty much last years of my ministry. And uh, here, when I came back, I, I, I uh, related to a, a Franciscan, Franciscan layperson, a woman who is a trauma therapist. So one day she mentioned, she said, after she got to know me a little bit, she said, you know, Father, she said, if you want me to do treatment with you, she said, uh, I'll, I'll do that for nothing, you know. And, well, oh, my goodness, I, 
uh, after a little struggle with pride and in the embarrassment of self-revelation of weaknesses, I finally consented. And the ministry was very thorough. It took the better part of a week. But on Saturday morning, I just woke up, you know, and I got out, I, my feet hit the floor, and I said, oh, my gosh, I felt a tremendous freedom in my mind, like I was a new person. I experienced this freedom. And what it was, it was a freedom to move into a new level of discerning and choosing God's will and the joy that comes from that. And so I realized that the healing of the mind was much more central to the healing of the whole person because it's the rational power center of the human person. And so I began working on uh, uh, the trauma therapist, Margaret. She wanted to change from doing personal treatment to putting it into retreat formats. So I began working on this, the renewal of the mind with Margaret and developing, you know, a, uh, uh, an approach where we, we could do this and, and uh, other people could do this, these retreats with the same things that she does with treatment, not with the same effect because you still might need to get some treatment. The first talk she gave was a, a, a physical talk on the brain and how the brain functions, which I didn't even know. And then I began to see how the operation of the brain is, in, in a sense, is really deeply damaged by the trauma in our life. And most of us have trauma, and some people have an awful lot of trauma. For, uh, for example, I'll give you a, an example of this. There was a, a woman who it was uh, hired by a construction group, and they were doing a they're pretty big construction, and, and they had prepared this kind of dirt road around the construction site and the the big bulldozers and the machines were not supposed to get up on that road but when people would come that were uh, important people that wanted to see the construction she would drive them around and explain everything that was going on well this one day as they're going one of these big uh, wheeled things was backing up and she could see the guy didn't know that, that they were there and he was coming up on the road she stopped the car and she said to the she said to everybody, get out, get out, get out. He's going to hit our car, you know. And then she tried to quickly start the car again, and it was too late. And the one of the wheels went, you know, went right over the car. She was thrown into the back seat, and she was injured pretty seriously. But the thing is, finally she recovered. But when her and her husband were riding down the road, and they passed that, the site of where this took place again, she automatically grabbed the door and tried to open the door to jump out. So you can see how that affected her thinking. That's it. So then uh, this, this began to see that no wonder people, if we're going to look at the mind as the center of really the power center of the human person and the key to the healing of the total personality and relationship, if we're going to take a look at that, we see then how trauma really affects the mind. And Margaret's efforts was to get rid of the trauma, and she did trauma therapy. And then the person was free to uh, implement uh, uh, attitudes and values and qualities of transformation that would certainly also deal with the healing of the heart and the healing of the whole person. So what we discovered in this is it's 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 based on relationships 
it, and it's based on the connection that I spoke to about in my last two podcasts. It's this connection to self and to God and to others. So it involves a connection and the spe- specific features of that connection are moving from the false self. The false self is the hurt part of us that has fear and abandonment, shame, sin, sexual junk, all the grief, everything that can go on. And the false self always wants to dominate. And when we're operating off of this trauma, we really do things in relationships that hurt people and hurt ourselves because we have a, a difficulty in the mind. But then what I saw was when the mind is transformed, and when the, when the, the result of the the action of connection, are, are we we tend to take on a healthy relational ability that we didn't have before that enabled us to really in a sense set the right kind of boundaries for ourselves and for others that could, would protect and support our relationships, grace-filled relationships. And so what we're seeing is that. The, the real issue is personal transformation, which involves a connection and an overview of the specific features of that process from the transformation from the false self to the true self. So we, we, we tend then to understand and feel reality of being specially called and chosen and valued. We have right boundaries. And as we look at that, the, our relationships, and we see we set up the right boundaries, and yet at the same time, we still need to practice a discipline that continues the process of healing beyond the trauma, because the mind, after it, it is healed from its trauma, the mind still needs to be healed from all of the weaknesses and the negativity that we've developed by habits over our life. And so we need to then recognize that this the transformation of the mind is an ongoing process. And it's it's something that in a sense we move into our our true self, which is the self of, of being uh, united with Christ and the Christ living in us with calm and peace. It's it's the self that is confident and doesn't get pulled out of shape and respond back negatively negatively when hurt or rejected or in a bad situation. It's it's a kind of a, a process of maturing. And the, the goal of this is integration. And so because you have to integrate your spiritual growth and your human maturing development. And so when we're here in the university and hear, hearing a lot of the Confessions you see where, you know, the some some of the folks are way overemphasizing the external realities of Catholic ascetical life, and then and then some they're way overemphasizing and they're not doing anything about their human maturity and their growth and their transformation from the false self to the true self. So what we need to do is the goal here then is with the healing of the mind is to focus on integration spiritual and human integration. And that then gives us the ability to mature and to grow in in a way that is healthy 
but a way that really responds to the divine life living within us, a way that really responds to improving and helping our human relationships. Oh, we're weak and we're we're going to fail and things like that, but not to the degree when we lived a dissociated spiritual and human development life. So the goal then is the renewal of the mind is spiritual and human integration. May God bless you all and have a wonderful day. The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavidjt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.